It is Hanukkah when we celebrate the beauty of light. As we know from Chassidus, in many, many places, Maral speaks about it, all the Mephoshim, that the lights of the Menorah of Hanukkah remind us of the lights of the Neshamas. Each Neshama is a candle, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, and also the light of Teirah Mitzvahs, Ner Mitzvah V'Teirah Eir. The spiritual light. We can't see the spiritual light, but we see the physical lights of the Menorah. But the physical lights of the Menorah is a reflection of that deeper spiritual light that lurks deep inside of us and that is exposed to us through Teirah and Mitzvahs. I want to share a story, a beautiful, beautiful story about the spiritual light of the Neshama. There was a very famous chassid of the previous Rebbe, he was also Rebbe Rashab, and then the previous Rebbe, Rebbe Iche Damasmit, Rebbe Gurevich, or Horowitz was the original name. Rebbe was uh, killed by the Nazis in Machshamam. He was a legendary chassid, a chassid um, head and shoulders above everyone else. In some circles, they treated him like a Rebbe outside Chabad because he led a lifestyle that was clearly um, beyond this world. Rebbe Chedemasmid was sent by the previous Rebbe to go from town to town all over Europe to teach Hasidus. And Rebbe when he came to town, or to different towns, he would, of course, lead his normal schedule. His normal schedule started early in the morning learning Hasidus and daven literally the entire day. By the time he was ready for breakfast, it was 10 o'clock at night. And breakfast consisted of a piece of bread and some water and sometimes a piece of herring. That was his meal, one meal a day, late at night. But he davened all day and his davening was legendary. I mean, people who watched him daven were like, inspired to no end. So the previous Rebbe sent him around to inspire Jews and also to raise funds for the yeshiva and the other institutions that were in desperate need for funds in Russia. And Rebbe would go from town to town, he would say a maime chassidus. In every town that he came, they would make a gathering he would say Maim Chassidus and make a Fabrengen and say Lachaim and inspire the Jews in the town. And then there would be a little fundraiser, an appeal during the Fabrengen, and that would be the money he would bring to the previous Rebbe. Once the previous Rebbe sent a Bocher, a younger man, his name was Simcha Gorodetsky. Simcha Gorodetsky was also a very special Chassid, a man who spent years in the Gulag because of his activities on behalf of Yiddishkeit in Russia. Simcha Gradetsky made it out of Russia eventually and came to Israel in Kfar Chabad. Um, the, the previous Rebbe sent Simcha Gradetsky to be of assistance to Rabbi Chedemasmit, to help him with the fundraising, take care of him. So once they came to a town, Reb Simcha sees that Reb Bicha Damasmit is reciting a mimer, and the mimer lasts for like an hour and a half, two hours. And the mimer is also very deep. 
And Reb Simcha noticed that most of the townspeople don't really appreciate the depth of those types of mamorim. Those mamorim are very deep, they're over their heads. And also the length of the mamor, he felt, was way too long. People grew tired, both because they didn't understand the material and also because of the length of time that the mimer lasted. And people would either fall asleep in the middle of the mimer or just go home and before the end of the mimer. And when it came to time for fundraising, which was after the mimer, half the people were gone. So he made a suggestion to Rebiche. He said, Rebiche, you know, there's a problem here. And there are actually two problems here. First of all, the Maimir is way too hard for them to understand. There are some Maimurim that are easier to understand, more accessible to people of these towns. And also, I mean, the fundraising is suffering because the Maimir is so long and so difficult to understand, so people end up leaving. So Rebicha asked him, so what do you suggest? So Reb Simcha said, I suggest that I should be the one to say the Maimur. I will choose a short Maimur and a more accessible mimer, and then after I say the mimer, you will have, will have a fundraiser, and you will make a verbringen, and you will further inspire the Jews through your verbringen. And that will both, first of all, inspire Jews more, more effectively, and also it will bring in more funds. Rebiche agreed right away, it says, good idea. So the next time they went, Reb Simcha recited the mimer, and people stayed, and they understood, and they were inspired. And after that, they all stayed and gave money generously. And then there was a Fabrengen, and Rebich inspired them again, and people, it was great. And so they did, and when the journey came to an end, Reb Simcha came back to the previous Rebbe, and went to Yechidus and reported to him uh, what had transpired. He told them what happened with Rebich, and... and the previous Rebbe asked him, and who recited the Maimah? He says, I, Simcha, I was reciting the Maimah. So the previous Rebbe said, no, that I can't allow. The Maimah has to be recited by Rebbe himself. So Rebbe Simcha, he was a devoted chassid, but he was very close to the previous Rebbe, and he felt sometimes somewhat more comfortable asking and inquiring so the way he asked Rebbe, why is it so important that Rebiche should be the one to say the Maimah? The previous Rebbe said, he's an Ish Ruchni. He's a spiritual man. So whether they understand it or not, it's just coming from his mouth has a whole different, has a sort of more transcendent impact. So Rebbe Simcha, who was again very close and felt very at home with the previous Rebbe, as the previous Rebbe, what is an Ish Ruchni? I don't know what that means, a spiritual man. Ish is a man, I know what that means. I know what Ruchni means, spiritual. I know angels are spiritual. But the combination of an Ish Ruchni, a spiritual human being, that seems to be um, somewhat of paradoxical. So the previous Rebbe said to him, I'll let you know. One day I'll let you know what that means. So a few days went by. One night, Reb Simcha happened to be in the house of the previous Rebbe, and there was a blackout. You know, the electricity in all over in the city went out. 
the whole city went totally black. So Pim's Rebbe suddenly turns to Reb Simcha and said to him, come to the window, I want to show you something. So he says, look out of the window, do you see in the far distance over there, there's a little light? And Reb Simcha says, no, I don't see it. So Pim Rebbe says, listen, look carefully in this direction, you'll see a little bit of light coming from that corner. And he said, no, Rebbe, I don't see it. Pim Rebbe again says, listen, Look again. Try again. No, I don't see anything, Rebbe. So the previous Rebbe said to him, Do you know what's happening in that house? Reborg Shalom Kahan, Chosset, the devoted Chosset of the previous Rebbe, and his son, Reb Fole Kahan, the son of Reborg Shalom. Fole Kahan happened to be the father of, um, of Reb Yol Kahan, May he live many, many years to come. So Rebor Shalom is the grandfather of Rabbi Yolkan. Rebor was the son, the father of Rabbi Yolkan. So Rebor Shalom and his son Rebor are learning now a Perik Tanya. And you see, they haven't had food the whole day. It's a famine, there's no food. They're starving. But they have a shir to learn a Perik Tanya every night, and they would not skip on that shir. No, they must have probably learned it by heart because there was no light, no electricity. And from that house, you can see a light emanating. From their sacrifice and learning Tanya, there's a light emanating from that house. So he says, and uh, so say, I told you before to look to see the light. You said, you don't see it. But let me tell you, Rebetsha, he can see such a light. And that's an Ish Ruchni.